Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. We want to continue with this that we've been on. What has your attention? What has your attention? Oh, glory to God. First Timothy 4. The, uh, the enemy works to distract. And he wants that distraction to have your attention. The Lord said to us about 2020, he said 2020 will be a year when a decision will have to be made. And you'll have to take a stand for the word. Well, it's not only taking a stand for the word morally, it's taking a stand for the word concerning keeping your mind correct, keeping your feelings in check. Uh, it's, it's a year when you've got to make a decision. And we talked at length last year, you got to, or last, last Wednesday, you got to make a decision. At some point, I got to make a decision. This is how it's going to be. Right? Amen. That, that time came for me when I was going through the Word, and I found the Scripture many, many, many years ago now in John 17, 17, where it says, Sanctify them through your truth. Your Word is truth. I remember exactly what I did. I put my left hand on that verse and raised my right hand to heaven and said, from this day forward, I choose to believe every word in this book's absolute truth. If it's in the book, it's true. See, that's a decision. That's a decision of your will. That's a decision of your consciousness. That's a decision of your heart. I choose to believe that the word of God is truth. Right? That's taking a stand. That's making a decision and taking a stand. And we talked about last week how James said that the man who's a man of two minds, a man that's a, a, like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed, it said don't let that man think he'll receive anything from God. Why? Because he's double-minded. He's a man of two minds. So the enemy works to distract. He's a master of distraction. All right? And he wants that distraction to hold your attention. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Hallelujah. Now this is important because these people hear something and give their attention to it to the point that it causes them to leave the Christian faith. I mean, they, they deny that Christ is the answer and they leave the Christian faith, and they walk away from the blood of Jesus, they heard something, they gave their attention to something that caused them to walk away from their faith. Now that's strong, that's powerful. But notice how they did it. They gave heed. And that phrase again, giving heed, is, I like this, it's to turn the mind to or to hold the mind towards. To turn the mind to or hold the mind towards. The Lord told me probably, 20 years ago, he said, whoever wins the mind wins the game. If the, if the enemy gets the mind, he gets the victory. 
But here's the thing. My mind is my mind. I get to choose what I'm holding my mind towards or attaching myself to. The enemy wants the believer to turn their mind or hold their minds towards that distraction. And, 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 and uh, remember that the prefix dis always means to move away from. So whenever you see that distraction, he's trying to move you away from something. The enemy is a spirit being. He doesn't know what, the devil doesn't know, except for your habits, what is going to happen to you in the next five minutes. Because he's locked in time. He's in the temporal realm. Don't believe these people when, when they tell you that the devil goes back and forth to heaven. He can't. The Bible says he's been cast down. He's been cast down to the earth. He's earthbound. Amen. The, the, the devil's on the earth. He's in the earth realm. He's not on the moon. He's not on Saturn. Why? There's nobody there to steal, kill, and destroy from. The only place in the, in the universe where there's people is right here on this blue marble, and it is a marble, right here on this blue marble. Not a platter, a marble. Right? And he's stealing, killing, and destroying. He's locked in time. But now, now, now this is so important. Because even though he doesn't know what's coming, he's a spirit being. And he can see in the spirit. And he knows something's coming. It's like a shock wave. He knows something's coming. And when he sees that coming towards you, he starts trying to distract you. Because it's coming. It's on the way. When he sees someone steady in their giving and steady in their church attendance and steady in their believing and steady in their study and their prayer, he's, he starts trying to distract them. The enemy cannot stop you if you won't be stopped because he has to, he has to have your help to stop you. He's got to have your mouth, your mind, your actions, your imagination. He has to have you help him to stop you. Amen. If you knew as well as the devil does how much authority you have over him, he wouldn't win another day. Because the devil knows that when you say, in the name of Jesus, he's got to go, got to flee. He knows that. So he's got he's to fight to get you to abdicate your authority and to get you to back off on what you believe. Well, here's the answer to that. Just don't. Just don't back up. Amen. Remember what I said last week? People say, well, you know, uh, 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 you know, that person got bit by a shark and, oh, sharks are bad. No, you shouldn't have been where a shark was. If you don't want, I will never get bit by a shark because I'm never going to be where one is. Amen. Well, don't you like the ocean? I love the ocean. I'll wade around in it up to my knees all day long. Well, you afraid? No, I'm not afraid. But I know there's sharks in that water, and I know they, they munch on things. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> right? But he's got to have your help. The enemy wants the believer to turn their mind or hold their mind towards the distraction. You have to do it. He can bring it all he wants. And if you refuse to think on it, 
There's nothing he can do. The devil cannot make you do anything. Nothing. He can't make you do anything. He can't make you think something, say something, do something, act a certain way. Cannot do it. Why? Because he has no right over you. He has no authority over you. He, Jesus paid the ransom price and Paul said you are purchased with a price and you belong to God. God gives what belongs to him the authority over all the power of the enemy. I am not only a Christian, I am God's purchased possession endowed with the authority of God himself in the earth. I have authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will hurt me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so, so he attacks your mind. He, he tries to get your mind distracted. He produces the distraction and it's up to me if I turn my mind to it. If I allow that distraction, hallelujah, to hold my mind. Look, look at Isaiah 26. Whoo, glory to God. I've done it. I've preached myself happy. I'm telling you what, I think about these things, and there's an old, old farmer one time called Shouting John. And he went to this church that was a dead church, but it was a church closest to him, old Shouting John. And the Holy Spirit would start moving on him, and he'd start shaking. And boy, he'd start, he'd start jumping and dancing. And they'd grab a hold of his hands, and his feet would start moving. And they'd grab his feet, and his hands would start moving. And so Shouting John was driving off some of the affluent people. And so they said, we got to get some deacons and go out to the farm and talk to Shouting John. So they went out and Shouting John, they, they went out there, and there's all these acres, and he's 86 years old, and he's there plowing behind the mule. And those deacons came up and he said, oh, mule. And the deacons came up and he said, I know why you're here. He said, I'm shouting too much. And they said, yeah, John, that's right. You're shouting too much. You keep shouting. We're going to have to put you out. He said, well, you got to go ahead and put me out. He said, you tell me I can't shout in church? They said, that's right. Tell me I can't run the aisles in church? That's right. He said, hold my mule. Amen. And he just started shouting right out in the open. Amen. Hallelujah. When you start thinking, no matter what anybody says, if you don't believe you have authority over the evil one and that he can't control your mind, just hold my mule because I believe that what God said is what God said. Oh, my Lord. Isaiah 26 and 3. Hold my mule. Hallelujah. Isaiah 26 and 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The Amplified Bible says you'll guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace. And it says why? Because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Oh, glory to God. Now that word mind there when it says whose mind, it's the thoughts or the imaginations. Thoughts or the imagination. It's, it's a Hebrew word that means imagination that forms and frames up. That forms and frames up. So when we think of mind, you've, you've got to understand that your mind and your imagination are two different things. All right? Your, 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 your mind is that center of the, the will. The mind, the will, the emotions. Your imaginations are what the mind produces. 
dependent upon its state on. He said, you will keep him in perfect peace, double peace, 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 complete peace, whose mind, whose thoughts, whose imagination is stayed on you. So imagination that forms or frames up. Imagination frames up our reality. Right or wrong, your imagination determines what you believe is real. It frames up your reality. Amen. Right or wrong, good or bad, if it has my imagination, it's going to frame up my reality. If I start imagining it, if I start imaging it, if I start bringing that up over and over and over and over again, because my mind stayed on that, on that distraction. What a person constantly gives their imagination to will be real to them. If I constantly give my imagination to it, it'll be real because it frames it up, no matter how unreasonable it may be. You've run into people before that their thinking was just unreasonable. What do you mean? Well, that's crazy. Well, I'm, that's just unreasonable. But it was real to them. Why? They'd given their mind to it. Right? Do you see that? That, that when those distractions come, understand the enemy's after your attention. And then once he gets your attention, he goes after your thoughts. Then he can use your thoughts and your imagination to form and create your reality. Because the devil can't imagine something for me. He's got to use my imagination. So he puts his thoughts in a person's mind or tries to, and if they meditate on those, they begin to imagine what the devil wants them to imagine. And then that becomes their reality. Amen. Because he, can't, he cannot imagine for me. You know, for the enemy to get you destroyed, he's got to use your mouth. He's got to cause your destruction with your mouth. Because what he said doesn't count. It's what I say. I'm the one in authority. Well, my mind is my mind. And the thoughts of the enemy can come into my mind, but if I don't give my thoughts to them, if I don't give my attention to it, if I don't hold on to it, if I don't keep my mind towards it, there's nothing that he can do. Amen. Be be because I'm free from that. And I'll hear people say, well, you know, you just, it's just, you just got to renew your mind. Well, what does that mean? I mean, when you talk about renewing your mind, it's to renovate your mind. When you renovate something, you go in and you tear all the old stuff out and you bring all new stuff in. You renovate that place. When you got born again, your spirit was created in the image of God, absolutely in the image of God. The thing that didn't happen when you got born again was your mind didn't get renewed. Notice the Bible says, glorify God in your spirit and in your body, which are God's. Isn't it interesting? It doesn't say your mind is God's. Why? Because Romans chapter 12 says you got to take your mind every day and put it on the altar and present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then don't be conformed to this world's way of thinking anymore, but be renewed in, the, in your mind. 
Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? So when I'm renewing my mind, I'm renewing it by choosing what I'm thinking on, what I'm allowing in. Amen. You, you, you don't just let the devil come in and track up your mind. Your, your mind's been cleansed by the blood of God. Amen. The, whole, the Holy Spirit will burn out all of those things that don't need to be there. If I'll give it over to him, then, then shut your mind down. Shut the gates to your mind. Don't let the enemy in there. Amen. I can do that. Well, you know, but thoughts. Listen, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head either, but you can stop him from building a nest in your hair. Right? I can't stop a thought from coming, but I can stop it from staying. Like the man said, he told somebody one time, they said, I'm going to come to your house and visit you. And they, he said, I can't stop you from coming, but I can arrange for you to limp going home. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I can't stop the thought from coming, but I can make sure it doesn't get to stay. That's right. Oh, am I helping you? Amen. Genesis 6. Notice Genesis 6. Oh, glory to God. Now again, the mind is so important because it's that faculty that touches this temporal realm. And everything, everything that, God, that God, I've heard people talk a whole lot about, you know, uh, and they almost talk about bypassing your mind. You can't bypass your mind. You've got to think. Right? I mean, God, God doesn't want you to just not think. So everything you see, when you go to the doctor, you can see the report. When you open your checkbook, you can see the balance. When you're believing for somebody, you can see how they're acting. Uh, you, can, you can see the news, hear the news. All of that's filtered through your mind. Everything that goes into your eyes goes through your mind. Everything that goes through your ears goes through your mind. Amen. And your mind is so amazing that it reaches out and it starts grabbing that information. And it never forgets it. Never forgets it. Amen. There are people in the sound of my voice. If you thought hard enough, you could, you could, no matter how old you are, you can remember when you were 10 or 5. You can see the colors. You know where you were. How is that possible? Because of the amazing mind you have that God gave you to be able to aid you in your service to Him and the victory that God wants you to have. Your mind is a great tool when you use it for God, but it is a horrible taskmaster when the devil has a hold of it. Amen? Genesis 6 and 5. Notice this. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart, of man's heart, was only evil continually or every day. So notice what it says. It says that the wickedness of man was so great because of what their minds were on continually. Continually. Their, their, their minds were being held on that. The phrase every imagination means the whole imagination. The whole imagination. The Hebrew word signifies not just the imagination, but the purposes and the desires. 
And so what you think on and give your mind to will eventually become your purpose and your desires. If I think on it, then that's what it's, see what has your attention. Because that will become your purpose and your desire. And so these people in Noah's time were only going after evil because that's what their mind was on every day, all day. Hallelujah. The enemy robs people of their purpose and destiny every day by distracting them. By distracting them. And what's at, what's at stake is purpose and destiny. And, and it, it doesn't have to be something sinful. It can be a thought like this, well, you're not worth much. Why would God use you? Look at you. Look at your failures. And then you start holding your mind on that. You can be the most anointed person in the world and be robbed of your purpose and your destiny because of what you're thinking on. What, what, what does Isaiah say I'm supposed to be thinking on? Him. Right? What he did for me. There's a reason that over 130 times in the New Testament, we're told who we are and what we have and what belongs to us in Christ. Because that's what you're supposed to be focused on. There's not a person in this room that hasn't made a mistake. There's not a person that hasn't failed. There's not a person that hasn't missed the mark. The difference is there are some in this room that have turned their attention from that and put their attention on the mistake fixer called Jesus, and there are others that still have their mind fixed on what they did and where they missed it, and what's leaking is purpose and destiny. Hallelujah. Amen. I had, listen, I had people early in my life, and I've made, I've made no secret about it. You know, I, I, I went through a divorce early in my life, early. I was, I was just a young man, 22, 23 years of age. And, and I had people all but just basically tell me, well, you're done. Your ministry's over. I mean, we'll use you in the church, but preaching, I don't know about all that. I mean, you can kill your wife and still preach, but you can't divorce, get a divorce and still preach. Makes no sense. Hallelujah. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know how bad I've missed it. Listen, there's nothing so bad that the blood of Jesus hasn't fixed it, cleansed it, and corrected it. If you're born again, you have no past, you have no record, there is no written ordinance that's against you. That's what you got to keep your mind on. That's what produces purpose and destiny. Glory be to God. Amen. And that's how the enemy robs people. Hallelujah. So he robs them every day by distracting them and then encourages them to use their God-given imagination for something contrary to God's plan. Gets them distracted and then starts using their imagination against them. Hallelujah. Purpose and destiny. You know, every person, under the sound of my voice, watching online, every person in the world has a purpose, and they have a destiny. Amen. And the enemy will always fight to rob that. Genesis 3, notice this. 
So notice their mind was continually on what was wrong. Now, years ago, the Lord showed me something called the law of reciprocals. Just the, the law of reciprocals then is, is, is whatever you see, there's an opposite side of that. You're going to operate the law of reciprocals in a little while when we stand up. Why? You sat down. Standing up is the reciprocal to sitting down. So if the reciprocal is this, if, the, if they gave their minds continually to evil, and that's what they were getting, and being robbed of purpose and destiny, what if you flipped that and gave your mind continually to what God said, what would intensify? Purpose and destiny. Purpose and destiny. Amen. There are no lost causes. There are no lost causes. I've had people look at people and go, oh, there are lost causes. No such thing. No such thing. It just depends on what you choose to give your attention to. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. Notice this. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Now that word subtle is crafty. Sneaky. He was crafty. Now, understand something. The serpent worked in concert with the devil. I've had people say, well, that he possessed him. Well, that, that may be. But regardless, he gave himself to the enemy to operate here. That's why the serpent was cursed. Notice that, that, that God didn't say the devil was cursed. He said the serpent was cursed. Why was the serpent cursed? He gave himself to Satan. He helped in this endeavor. So he said... He said to the woman, has God said you shall not eat of any, every tree of the garden? Now notice, there's nothing said at first that would cause Eve to be suspicious. Why? He's crafty. Subtle. One, one of the mistakes that people make when they're dealing with the enemy is even though you have authority over him, don't ever shortchange him. People say, oh, I'm not worried about the devil. I got authority over him. He's, you're just the dude he's gunning for. He stole the world. You see, what, you see what I'm saying? From two people that walked in the presence of God daily. That communed face to face with God. He stole the world from a man that God formed in the dirt and breathed his own breath into his nostrils. Because notice, he didn't say anything that was overtly suspicious. Has God said that you can't, you know, shouldn't eat of these trees? Notice what she said. She said, she said, the woman said, we may eat of the tree, fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat of it. Neither touch it, lest you die. The serpent said to the woman, you'll not surely die. Mm. Now see, right there, we see, a, we see that she's already distracted. Why? Because he's contradicting God and she didn't say anything. Right? When your focus is on the Word of God, you don't listen to anything that's contrary to it. Right? It, it doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what people say. If you're in here tonight and you're believing for healing in your body, you're in faith and you believe you're healed. I'm healed. I'm well. I'm whole. 
right? Yeah, but you know this symptom. Listen, symptoms in your body are evidence that something's there, but it doesn't have to be what the devil's trying to tell you it is. Right? Well, what if it's cancer? What if it's not? Right? I mean, honestly. Amen. They, 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 they pulled 77 wheelchairs up in A.A. Allen's tent meeting one time and lined them up in front, of the, in front of the platform. 77 paralyzed people, 77 wheelchairs. And a lady came up trying to be real helpful, you know, and she goes, Brother Allen, what are you going to do if they don't get up? And he said, Sister, what are you going to do when they do? And he jumped off the platform and ran down that line, touched 77 people, 77 out of 77, got up. Amen. See, there, there's always, you got to answer those things. You can't just let those things incubate. Right there, she thought too long. And, and notice, he just kept talking. The devil will just keep talking. He'll keep running his mouth until you take the two-edged sword and run it down his throat. That this is, this, listen, this is victory 101 tonight. I guarantee this. I'll put it in writing. If you take it home and you put it into operation, everything about your mind will change. Everything. Everything. Why, it has to. And notice now, he went on and he said, God knows in the day you eat thereof, your eyes will be opened. And you'll be as God's, knowing good and evil. Well, they already had the knowledge of good. They didn't need the knowledge of evil. I've had people say, well, pastor, what was the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? I know. The curse. That was the fruit. It's just that simple. Well, I mean, was it an apple or an orange? What does it matter? the, The fruit was a curse. The fruit was death, spiritual death. Now look, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, tree to be desired, to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate and gave to her husband, and he did eat. Amen. So until this time, the fact that God had said, don't eat of that tree was enough. But with the distraction came, and notice something. It caused her to start to think about that tree in a way she never had. Before, it was just enough that God said, don't eat of it. The enemy's distractions are always trying to move you away from truth. What God said was truth. The day you eat of that, you're going to die. Notice he immediately came against truth. Because for a lie to succeed, truth has to be veiled. That's why Proverbs says the lip of truth will stand forever. The lying tongues but for a moment. Because truth is the highest form of reality that exists. But notice this. He's always trying to move you away from truth. Well, you know, if you were healed, you wouldn't have any pain. If uh, you were healed you wouldn't go to the doctor. 
if you were healed, you wouldn't have got a bad report. Now notice, notice the first word, if you were. What did God, now wait a minute, Isaiah 26, 3, where are you supposed to keep your mind stayed? On him. What did he say? With his stripes, you were and you are healed. Is that right? So is there room for an if? So who brings the if? The devil. Who chooses to believe the if? Me. And if it ever comes out of my mouth, well, yeah, I guess if I was healed, I guess, see? Now you're looking at it in a way that you never looked at it before. Subtle, sneaky, crafty, right? Amen. Well, if all of your needs were met, you would have got the raise. Yeah, if, if, if all of your needs were met, things would surely be getting better. How many times have you heard that? Probably a lot. I see a lot of heads nodding. But wait a minute. What did the Bible say? He became poor that I could be made rich. Now people will quote, he that knew no sin became sin so I could be made the righteousness of God. But right in that same redemptive package is this. He, that it, says, it says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Amplified Bible says, in that he was so very rich, yet he became so very poor, so that you, through his extreme poverty, could be made rich. Was there a price paid for sin? Was there a price paid for poverty? Did, did the blood of Jesus get the job done on both counts? then if you are saved, you are, whether you are walking in it or believe you are, you are blessed and wealthy. Amen. You are that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So he, the devil only brings the if against something you already are. Well, if you were. He knows you are. He was there. He was there when Jesus said it's finished. He was there when Jesus put his neck on death in hell and took the keys of death held in a grave away from death and arose victorious on the third day. He was there when the tomb was opened by the angel. He was there when Jesus walked out of that tomb. He was there when Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father and sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. He was there when Jesus looked at his followers and said, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will by any means hurt you. He was there. And the only way he can stop you from operating that is to get you to believe his if. I'm not going to believe it. Not going to believe it. What you mean if, devil? Right? Hallelujah. But you start thinking that way. Well, you know, whew, boy, we have had a lot of bad things happen lately. You know what that's called? Life. Listen, if, if you own a home, guess what? You're going to have to replace the roof sometime. Don't call it the devil. It's just the shingles got wore out. That devil ruining my roof. He didn't ruin your roof. It, 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 it has a lifespan. Like a guy one time, I was, I was roofing a building with him, and, uh, and, and we had a, a ladder set up, 
and uh, we had shingles, pallets of shingles all around the bottom of the ladder and had the ladder bungee cord to the, to the uh, 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 gutter because we had to go up and down. It was two le- a two-level job. Well, we got done with the top level and we came down and uh, 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 we came down. He was the last man down. He took the bungee cord off. We got down there and, and we took the pallets of shingles away. We was going to use them and he forgot something up top. So he slaps the ladder back up there, didn't put any, any uh, uh, security on it, went up the ladder, got what he needed, was coming down, went to swing his leg over the ladder. The bottom of that ladder went this way, and he went kerfud. He got up saying, stupid devil. And I thought, it wasn't the devil that didn't attach anything to that ladder. It was you, joker. <laughs> wasn't the devil. But that's what the enemy would do. Well, if you were blessed. No, you are. Are you or not? He hath blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Is that what he said? It's already done. Amen. Well, you know, if what pastor said was true. Right? Right? You, you, you'll, what's Mark 4 say? That when you hear the word, what happens? Immediately he comes after the word. Why is he coming after the word? That's what changes your life. That's what keeps you stable. Well, you know, if what you were hearing is true, if what you were hearing is true, well, what are you hearing? Are you hearing opinion or are you hearing the word? If you're hearing the word, John 17, 17 says the word is truth. So there's no if. There's no if. Oh, glory. So the distraction was ultimately designed to move them away from what God said and what God desired. Understand something, that you're not that important to the devil. What you can do is that important to the devil. And for for him to stop you from doing what God called you to do, he's got to move you away from it. Because he can't stop it. Understand that. He cannot stop it. If you're believing for your healing tonight, the devil can't stop that because he's defeated. He has no say about it. He's the author of that disease and sickness, but Jesus came and eradicated his power and called you the healed of God. So that's what I am. Amen. You got to define the terms. Am, is, are, was, were. There are things you am, there are things you is, and there are things you are. That's not good English, but you understand what I mean. There are also things you were and things you used to be. Which, but you've got to define. There are things I am, there are things I are, and there are things that I were. Stay in what you are. Hallelujah. Do you see that? From what we know, Adam and Eve didn't put up any resistance to those thoughts. I'm saying from what we know. The scripture doesn't tell us. They allowed their imagination to be formed by the distraction. My reality as a believer has to be a word-based reality. This is what the word says. Amen. My reality is formed by what the word said. This, this, this is your reality. What did the Word say? 
I've had people tell me, oh, be real. Oh, I am. Listen, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, I, Lord, help me say this right. A, a, a lot of people don't understand the price that ministers have paid to preach faith. I remember one time I was preaching faith. I was assistant pastor at a church. And, I was, man, I was preaching faith. I was preaching it strong. The pastor wasn't able to preach. She was letting me preach. And, and I was just preaching faith. Man, people were getting healed, getting set free, getting delivered. And I remember one Sunday morning in Sunday school. I went to Sunday school and, uh, uh, because I needed to go to good leader. And so I'm in Sunday school. And uh, they wanted to have uh, testimonies. And uh, a, lady, a lady stood up, family member of mine, stood up in that church and said, we've been hearing a lot about this faith stuff. And looked right at me and said, these faith people need to wake up and come out of their dream world. Said about me in front of the whole church. He said, what'd you do? I just sat there and said under my breath, I like my bubble. If I'm dreaming, don't wake me up. Because it's good over here. Because I used to be broke. I used to not have anything. And I got a hold of the word of God and the principles of faith. What Charles Capps taught about the, the word of faith changed my life. It revolutionized my existence. Amen. Your, your reality has to be a word-based reality. My reality is formed by what the word said, and I keep my thoughts and my imagination in line with the word. Now, look at 2 Corinthians 10. You knew we'd get there. Now, very often... You know, pastors have stories. There was a minister one time working at a healing school with Brother Hagin. And uh, a, uh, a guy came and, and uh, was believing for healing. This minister said, you know, I was green. He said, I was, I was just as green as I could be. And he said, I sat down with this man. He was an older man. And he said he was talking to me about healing and, and what he needed. And he said, I, I took him over to Isaiah 53. And I said, well, let's, let's look at this. You know, with his stripes, you were healed. And he said, that man began to say, oh, sonny boy, I knew about that scripture when you were still in diapers. Now, he's sick. He's there because he can't get well. But he's making light of the answer. When, when we talk about these things, and, and you, get, you always have to be on guard that you're not thinking, oh, I've heard that. I've heard that. You know, we've got to cast down imagination, Second Corinthians chapter 10. Do you? Because hearing it, James said, if you hear it and you don't do it, you are deceiving yourself. In other words, you think you know, but knowers do. What's the Bible say? He that knows... To do right and does not do it, to him it is sin. So what's that mean? Violation of light is sin. If you know what you're supposed to do and you don't do it, then you're in the wrong. Right? And so 2 Corinthians 10, and, and let, let me share this. I got, I got a couple minutes. Depends on which watch I go by. I start with this one and preach on that one. So that one's, that one's slow. But <laughs> yeah, I'm smart like that. But... Uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, I was dealing, Pastor Michelle and I were dealing with a man one time. And no matter what we would say, he, he was sick. 
And no matter what we would say, he'd say, yeah, I heard Brother Hagin preach that in 1971. Now, see, all of us can fall into this trap. I'm not talking ugly about him. All of us can fall into that trap. When we were reading about Adam and Eve, every one of us in here have done that. Every one of us. The enemy's got over on every one of us at some point. No, nobody can say he hasn't. Because the scripture says in Isaiah, all of us like sheep have gone astray. We've all went our own way. Every, everybody's followed after a thought the enemy gave you at some point in time. Thank God for redemption. But the Lord told my wife, he said, he said, take that Bible, a new Bible, brand new Bible, brand new, or new amplified Bible, maybe not brand new, but not marked up, and take it to him and tell him, I want you to read this word like you've never read it before. That's a simple request. Never did it. Never got well. Why? Because... What I know, what I think, what I think, what I think I know can become a hindrance to me. Because I don't, and that, well, I, yeah, I know that. I know I got to cast, yeah, 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 cast down imaginations. But you got, you got to do it. Right? You've got to do it. And so 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The Woost Bible says that they result in the demolition of fortresses. Now, this, this is so important because I want you to see. He calls thoughts a fortress. The word stronghold there in the, in the, in the old Greek, classical Greek, it defined a fortress that kept people out. By the time Paul wrote this, it defined a prison that kept people in. And so that stronghold is a thought that keeps you in prison. Doesn't have to be a sinful thought or a lustful thought. Remember, he's after purpose and destiny. It can be something as simple as this. Well, everybody knows what you did. They'll never trust you again. That's a stronghold. I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, I just don't know if you can ever trust me again. I don't know, you know, because you've seen uh, my weakness. You've seen what I went through. Well, that's what, listen, that's what I'm here for. You don't think I know you're weak in some areas? You think I'm not weak in some areas? All of us are growing. Everybody's maturing. None of us have arrived. But thank God we've left the station. We got a ticket and we're on the road. Amen. And we're farther along than we were. Yeah, but I've only been, I've only been in it about two weeks. Where well, you are two weeks down the road, baby. You are all, you are farther than you used to be. Amen. And two weeks farther than you used to be is better than where you were. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I mean, anytime you can move from Motel 6 to Super 8, you're doing better. Right? Hallelujah. Why? Holiday Inn's in your future. Amen. Then Hilton, then Marriott, then Sheridan. Right? You're moving on up. Glory to God. Am I helping you? Ha, ha, ha. So these fortresses, we demolish our thoughts that do what? Bring us into captivity to the desires of the enemy. Understand and recognize this. I'm trying to hurry. 
But anything that has a sense of fear to it, a sense of bondage, a sense of anxiety, a sense of frustration, that's an enemy thought. Your spirit will recognize that. Your spirit will seek that out. It'll recognize fear. It smells fear. Your spirit senses it. And if, 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 it, if it smells like fear, it's fear. Amen. Somebody asked me one time what I thought about somebody. Did I think they were doing what everybody said they were doing? I said, well, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, waddles like a duck, it's a duck. Right? Fear is fear. And the enemy knows it's fear. The, 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 your spirit knows it's fear. Don't, don't grab a hold of that. What your mind grabs a hold of, and you keep turning it over in your mind, your spirit's going to eventually reach out and grab it and pull it into your life. Why? Because what you think on your spirit thinks you want. And your spirit, things that you refuse to think on, your spirit will keep you close to. But you start thinking on it long enough and your spirit will open up. Fear is foreign to the believer because 1 John chapter 4 says that the perfect love in you will cast out fear. But if you meditate on fear, you're still full of the perfect love. It's just not operating. Why? Because you are using your mind to meditate on fear. And your spirit figures if you're using your mind to meditate on fear, you must want it. So why should we stop it? But when you get up every day and you present your body a living sacrifice and you consecrate your mind to God and you keep fear out of your mind and you keep all these things out of your mind, then your spirit is setting up a defense against it and it will warn you when he sees it coming and when he sees it occurring because you have decided I'm going to keep my mind on something else. Glory to God. This is worth coming to church for, wasn't it? I'm almost done. Bear with me. I got to get this to you. He says, verse 5, casting down imaginations. The word is reasonings. Reasonings. See, what the devil did with Eve was reason with her. The, the Woos Bible says, <clears throat> demolishing reasonings. Notice what it says. It doesn't say dealing with them. It says demolishing them demolishing them. This denotes force. Amen. And every, how many? Every haughty mental elevation which lifts itself up against the experiential knowledge which we believers have of God and leading every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. Notice how often it uses the word every. Every thought. Every thought. This is a simple truth, but I'll say it anyway. There's nothing that the Word tells you to do that you can't do. The idea here is that I've got to do something forceful. When the, the word they're casting down, it's the, it's the Greek word kata, K-A-T-A. And when I first heard that Greek word, that really spoke to me. Because for years I trained in martial arts. And uh, I, I really only quit training because I, I couldn't, I couldn't to, to, to do it good, you got to give your time to it. And I was reaching a level where 
They were wanting me to train with black belts, and I needed to be good at it. Well, you can't pastor a church and, and be good at that. Not in my mind, anyway. But when you would do a kata, I don't know if you've ever seen a person do a kata. Well, I mean, it's, it's a very beautiful demonstration, all right? But it's, it's, very, it's very powerful. If, to do a kata right, you've got to do it very powerful, all right? The movements are very crisp, all right? You're not going to see anybody do a kata together and go... They're not going to do that. Vernon, am I right? You're a black belt, am I right? It's going to be very crisp. Even when you're training, and, and you're training on blocks, they want, they want those blocks crisp and hard, right? We would, leave, we would leave after training, and the next morning our arms would be bruised from the wrist to the elbow, and you'd have bruises on your thigh. Why? You're getting kicked. You're getting punched. You're getting, right? It's, it's force. You're, you're training so that if somebody attacks you, you don't hesitate, you don't think about it, you respond with your training, and you don't respond nicely. They're trying to hurt you, they're trying to destroy you, and, and, and if you, if, if, right? If you deliver a blow to their neck, it's not a love tap. I want to knock you out. Right? The Bible calls the devil the enemy of your soul. He's a murderer. He's crazy. One of, one of, the, one of, one of the definitions for him is, 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 is uh, uh, when, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you look at that word Satan, people say, well, that means adversary. It did mean adversary, but in the, in the older classical Greek, it denoted a person who was on the verge of insanity. They were crazy. The devil's crazy. You, can't, you cannot negotiate with a crazy person. Amen. He's malicious. He's violent. He'll kill women, men, children, babies, black people, white people. He doesn't care. You can't afford to deal with the thoughts he brings into your mind lightly. Amen. The idea here is this, is that there's an orator on one shoulder speaking a lie and an orator on the other shoulder speaking the truth. Remember the, 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 the devil and the angel in the comic strip? That's literally what this means. You got you to cast it down. You have to come down on it forcefully. If you think long enough on the lie, it'll produce a fortress in your mind. So I have to refute that argument. I have to slap it down forcefully. Amen. I have to do that a lot lately. And so do you. Because every day you, you hear people telling you how things are worse and get bad and getting worse. Well, God said they're good and getting better. Why? Because you, did you quit being the righteous because COVID showed up? Well, the Bible says that the pathway of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. Now, what do you believe? Oh, you know, Pastor, but no, no, no. What do you believe? Because if a report can cause anxiety in you, that becomes evidence of what you believe. 
What the world says should not be able to move you, shake you, impress you, cause you anxiousness. Hallelujah. When you, what you give your attention to determines the level of victory and freedom that you walk in. Because I'm giving my attention to it. And listen, people will say all they want. Well, you know, you're just, you're just, you're not being realistic. And, and you know, I, uh, uh, one person told uh, one of the members of my staff, they said, well, what do you think? That you're just going to be able to, to pray and confess this away from you? <laughs> yeah. Jesus said I'd have what I say. So it, it says, so it, so it goes to say that, that if I say I won't have it, then I won't have it. Because I'll have what I say. That or anything else. You got to slap it down. Try that out loud. Say it out loud. Say, slap it down. Slap it down. Amen. The enemy starts running his mouth. I'll slap you. I will slap you. That was my mother's favorite word when I was growing up. I'll box your jaws. And did it to my sister. Not to me, I was the favorite. Hallelujah. Stand up, everybody.